0: Hey, I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Johnny. Ye. Tune into our radio show, Philly Rock Live. We play the
1: classic hard rock and metal from the 70s and 80s we grew up on. We play the new music those same bands are
2: making today. And we play new music from around the world. Not to mention the great bands from our own local scene. You will not hear a mix of music like this anywhere else.
1: If it kicks ass, we, we play,
2: play it. Philly Rock Live.
1: Thursday, 7 and 9 p.m. Philly time.
0: On phillyrockradio.com. Listen online with your mobile device or even your smart speaker.
1: And now, and now, it's time for another edition of the Sports and Metal podcast. We talk hard-hitting sports and bone-crunching metal, Sports and Metal, because sports and metal go better together. Now here's your host, Jason Voorhees, (laughs) and Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sports and Metal podcast. We are your hosts. This is Aaron Savage. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Jason Voorhees. What's going on, Jay? What is up? What's Not much, brother. Not much, man. Before we get started, as always, shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost, uh, Sports and Metal is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, You go to manscaped.com. You're going to get 20% off your order using promo code SNM. That's the letters SNM, as in sports and metal, plus free shipping anywhere in the world. Again, that promo code is SNM at manscaped.com. Manscaped is your number one choice for below the belt grooming. I use it. Jay uses it. Oh, there he is. Best product on the market, Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our other great sponsor. They make the most beautiful handcrafted watches at the most affordable prices you've seen. You're going to go to LaTerrain.com. That's L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Again, you're going to use promo code s The letters s as in sports and metal. This time you're going to get 10% off your purchase. You don't want to miss it. Check out these watches. They're they're unbelievable. The holidays are coming up. These make great stocking stuffers. Check them out. Manscaped.com. LaTerrain.com. Anyway, let's get started, Jay. Oh, it's a big day. Major League Baseball. It's been a big week in Major League Baseball. And I know I, I know you got your Phillies hat on here. Big news just came out today. Uh, the AL and M uh, the AL and MVP award winners were announced, and if, I know you're pumped. Bryce Harper won the National League Most Valuable Player award, and no shocker here. Otani won the American League MVP award. Um, Otani, I mean, I'm not shocked at all. The the only thing I will say it's a it's a it's a testament to the to the unique year he had. You know, he made 23 starts, had nine wins. I mean, this was a guy that was having Little League games. You know, he could have games where he pitched eight innings of shutout ball, hit a home run, stole a base, and then went out and played an inning in right field. I mean, he was doing things you haven't seen ever in the history of baseball. So, obviously, you know, him winning unanimously with, like, I think 30 of the – all 30 first-place votes was expected. But at the same time, it's it's also mind-blowing because in any other year, dude, Vladimir Guerrero would have been the MVP. The guy hit over 345 jacks, 123 runs, 111 RBI, an absolute beast. So let's give a shout out to Vlad Guerrero because, I mean, any other year, this guy wins the MVP. I mean, this is like Otani's Michael Jackson's Thriller and uh, Vladimir Guerrero is Van Halen 1984 that never got to that number one spot because Thriller was holding the fucking spot. So, I mean, that's crazy. But to your boy, Bryce Harper, you know. I, I want to say well-deserved, I mean, but it was a, it was definitely a much tighter race. It could have gone to any of these guys. I mean, you had Bryce Harper, Juan Soto. I think the only reason Soto didn't win it is because the Nationals weren't in contention. Um, but, dude, Harper, his second MVP by the age of 30, that puts him in some, you know, rarefied air.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really excited. I mean, you you of all people know that I was extremely critical of Bryce Harper. Pretty much half of Twitter knows that I, I became the laughing stock and, and joke on Twitter uh, because I was bashing him. And I'd like to think that I could take some credit for him actually winning the MVP because after that tweet, he just kind of took off.
1: But, you motivated you know, him,
2: huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he heard me. Uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm not that important. But anyway, well,
1: congrats to Bryce Harper and congrats to you as a Phillies fan.
2: I mean, it's exciting any time that you can have a player on your team win an award of that of that caliber, and I've kind of been lucky with the Phillies because honestly, you know, Jimmy Rollins won and and Ryan Howard won, you know, back in the 2000s. So this is now the third guy in kind of my era of baseball that that's won, you know, an award. Obviously, Mike Schmidt, but that was you know when I was very very young.
1: It's funny. As a Phillies fan, you get the, the MVP awards. As a Mets fan, I don't get any of those, but we do get the Cy Youngs.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, it's funny, but yeah, it's funny.
1: You know, we get the Cy Young awards. You guys get the MVP awards.
2: Well, we could talk about Cy Young too, and I know we're going to get into that. Yeah, now. let's get into
1: it. Let's get into it now. Might as well. We got Robbie we- Robbie Ray winning the National League, blah, 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 the American League Cy Young Award, and Corbin Burns winning the National League Cy Young Award. Dude, I, the only thing I'm going to say is this: these Cy Young Award winners. I mean, if we didn't know where we stood in Major League Baseball, we do now. I mean, obviously, when DeGrom won with 10-11 wins, he obviously did it because he had like a fucking 1.1 ERA and 260, 270 strikeouts. I mean, just crazy numbers. These guys didn't have that crazy numbers. You know, 2 3 four ERA, that type of stuff. Corbin Burns, I think he won 13 games. Robbie Ray, the same. Burns might have won 11. I have to look it up. But, dude, we're in a new era. The 20-game winner is a thing in the past, and then – and it certainly isn't going to win you a Cy Young award because Urias on the Dodgers won 20 games. And he wasn't even, you know, he was the third ranked on his team in the Cy Young voting. Max Scherzer finished second. I think Walker Bueller on the Dodgers finished third. So the 20-game winner in the Dodgers rotation finished behind two of his teammates. So it's wow. a new era, bro, in baseball. I mean, wins don't matter.
2: Well, I mean, you just hit on that. I, I, but I've been saying that for a while that, you know, wins are an overrated stat. When I agree. Only- you know, a pitcher, uh, you know, obviously you saw it with the Grom. I mean, he's th- the perfect example.
1: Is you know, I DeGrom. agree, but here's the thing. I, I, I got to be in the middle here. Like, I'm selfishly going to say that because I'm a Mets fan. And I, I love that the Grom, you know, could win it with 11 wins. At the same time, his numbers were so much above and beyond anybody else's by like 10 miles that it made it like you got it. You understood why he won it. This year, I mean, it's when it's that close, I would go with the 20 game winner, bro. Yeah, That's just but
2: not necessarily because you, you know, he also don't forget he played on the Dodgers, who basically, you know, were this close to, you know, I don't disagree. He got scoring. a lot of wins
1: by being on the Dodgers.
2: I, I mean, it, it. to me, baseball is a team game. If you're going to make the argument in, you know, other sports, it's the same thing in baseball. Like, honestly, you could win 20 games and have a four ERA. That doesn't mean that you deserve. Now, I agree. The numbers this year weren't mind-blowing numbers like when Jake Degrom, you know, had those kind of years. But you also had. I can look back. I, I remember the guy on Seattle. I can't think of his name. King Felix. You're talking
1: about King Felix Hernandez. like ten. He means, was the first guy that that set the new precedent. He had like twelve wins and won the Cy Young Award. That was I when mean, it started.
2: You, you, you and I could do a whole. We've said it. We could do a whole mini series on the on the way that p- pitching has become frustrating. In baseball, so the
1: game has changed. Yeah,
2: exactly. So we we, we could talk about that till we're blowing the face. But unfortunately, you know, obviously, um, I'm a little upset that Zach Wheeler didn't win. I think I, I get
1: that selfishly as a Phillies fan.
2: I I, yeah. I I do believe that if he did not have that one terrible start in the middle of September, he definitely he wins it because he was very close. And I think well, if he had he not lost that one game where he gave up, I think he gave up a crooked number. It was like six or seven runs that like really inflated his ERA and it just kind of, I think to me, baseball's a recency bias when, when it comes to these votings. I mean, it's recency bias in any, any league when, when it comes to these votings, like, you know, because it's, what have you done for me lately? And I think the fact that he had that bad start and actually it was probably two bad starts in September that killed his chances because let's face it, if he has two wins down the stretch, Phillies might have made the playoffs. I mean – Yeah, I mean, no, that's what I'm
1: saying, but you're kind of making the point that I'm making. Like, I do agree with you as far as like there are exceptions. Like DeGrom clearly deserved the Cy Young Award in those seasons because, again, his ERA was like an entire run lower than the, the, the nearest competitor. And Adam Cease is chiming in here saying Wheeler should have got it. I'm not saying whether he should or shouldn't. He certainly was, to me, as deserving as Corbin Burns. I would I would have ranked Wheeler above Corbin Burns. Um, I mean, Wheeler went 14 and 10. He had a 2.78 earned run average. He had 247 strikeouts in 213 innings. Um, you know, bottom line is still though when it's this close, where you have all these guys with comparable ERAs and comparable you know peripheral stats, I'm going to go with the 20 game winner. He, I, I would have gone with Julio Urias. I know he was on the Dodgers' day. I get it, but he still was 20 and three, 20 and three. 2.96, 185 innings pitch, and 195 strikeouts. So, again, I mean, I'm kind of going old school with you here. But to me, when you have guys that all have such close numbers, then I'm going to go with the 20-game winner because I am, at the end of the day, kind of old school. I, I am. I, I I like to change and I like to evolve, but I'm still, I still don't want to completely devalue wins. I, obviously, it's a team sport. And like I said, the DeGrom thing was the exception because he was so lights out compared to everybody else. But, again, when you have – Walker Buehler, let's pull him up now. He finished 3rd in the voting. Um, he was 16 and 4 with a 2.47 ERA, 207 innings pitched and 212 strikeouts. So the ERA was a half a run lower than Urias, but he was 16 and 4 versus Urias's 20 and 3, and they had comparable innings pitched and strikeouts numbers. His WHIP was 0.97. Um, Urias's WHIP was point, what, 1.02. So we're almost talking apples and apples here. I mean, Honestly, dude, if I'm gonna take the wins out of the equation, my pick I would have to tell you would have been Max Scherzer. If if I'm gonna be totally honest with you, it's probably Max Scherzer that deserved it the most. He was 15 and four with a 2.46 earned run average, 179 and a third innings, 236 strikeouts, and a .86 WHIP. So his WHIP was the lowest of the group. I, I believe maybe Burns might have had a lower WHIP, but I gotta pull him up. But Burns had 11 wins. That's why it's taking me so long to pull him up. I'm scrolling down the list here. So, yeah, he had a .94 whip. Dude, I, it's so comparable. Burns, 11-5, and 5, 2.43, 167 innings, 234 strikeouts. So, if we're talking strikeout per innings pitch, obviously Scherzer and Burns run away with that. But everything else is right there. They all have, like, between a .94 and a 1.02 whip.
2: I mean, like – I'm going to go
1: with the guy that won 20 games, dude. i
2: well, and and I and that's a fair argument, Aaron. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like fight with you. I like think we're kind of in agreement you. here. No, <laughs> I I mean, I, honestly, I I think you know, like I said, to me, obviously, selfishly, I I think Wheeler. Sure, I get that. I think not only do I think he should have got it, I know he would have got it. Like I said, he had those two bad starts. The way he was pitching going into September, he was almost a lock to me because it wasn't to me. It's not always about the numbers either, Aaron. He was dominant. Remember the game You know what though, Jay? Remember the game. I'm listening. Well, remember the game when he pitched when when Roy Holiday's number was, you know, was retired.
1: Mm -hmm. Like
2: that was an absolute gem. Like that was a gem on that day. It was special. Probably like 10 years. It was
1: fitting. It was fitting. But you know what, dude? I get those, I get those emotions. But let's take it out of it. I'm still gonna go with who I think deserves it. And I'll I'll take it a step further. Dude, if you're gonna say those things, I mean, how do I feel? Jacob deGrom was having a historic season. If we're talking the first half of the season, none of these guys are even in the conversation. Jacob deGrom just runs away with it. Shit happens, man. It well, happens. Got, it happens. No. There's injuries. You have a bad start. We we all know how that goes. I will tell you an interesting thing, though. Jacob deGrom had 90 innings pitched. He had the lowest earned run average in the history of the sport, uh, I believe, for a guy with 90 innings pitched and 10 starts, something like that. I, had, I seen it earlier today. He got zero first-place votes for the – no, he got one first-place vote for the Cy Young Award, and I I'm obviously I don't think he should have won the Cy Young Award or had any first-place votes because he didn't pitch the second half of the season. But the, what I take from it is it's a re, it makes a real strong argument against a relief pitcher ever winning the Cy Young Award because if you look at the Grom stats with 90 innings pitch that he had, they're incomparable in the history of the sport, and we've had closers win the Cy Young Award. I'm just saying, again – I'm not well, saying I'm saying a relief pitcher never should win the Young Award. I'm just saying it makes an interesting argument. My something that I took from that.
2: And you know? and, and I'm not disagreeing. And you know my love for de Degrom. I mean, I'm a Phillies fan, and who who can't I mean you'd be a nut to not appreciate what DeGrom does on, on the mound. I mean, the guy is just amazing. He is. And 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 you're right, he would have won had he not been hurt. It, it's a fact. I mean, the way he, he, he was I just pulled it up.
1: People. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I just pulled it up. DeGrom in 15 starts was 7-2 with a 1.08 earn run average. Here's where it gets crazy. In 92 innings pitched, he had 146 strikeouts. Dude, he had 146 strikeouts in 92 innings, and here's where it gets even sicker. We just talked about Burns and and, uh, Scherzer's whip, like .84. DeGrom's whip was .55. Dude, these are like numbers that we've never seen in the history of the sport. And obviously, would they have held up in 30 starts? I'm sure to some degree they would have, because Degrom was that good, but not to that level. That's absurd video game level. But the point is, 92 innings pitched for him to just not even be recognized. when you've had relief pitchers win the award with 60 innings pitched, 70 innings pitched, something to think about.
2: Right, You're right. Definitely. I mean, like I said, I will, I will never argue with you because it, it was. It's one of those things you you say what what could have been. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those seasons you just, it, 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 in your head, you're thinking, how great could it have been? Like, yeah, his numbers
1: Exactly, that's yeah. Mind boggling. Anyway, let's talk about another Mets pitcher. <laughs> a guy that's no longer on the Mets. Noah Syndergaard. Now, as a Mets fan, dude, this shocked me this week. Noah Syndergaard declined the Mets qualifying offer of $18.4 million and then took, like, $2.5 million more to sign with the, with the Angels. Now... I get the whole aspect of like, yeah, they gave him $2.5 million more. But what bothers me about this is as a Mets fan, all we heard from Noah Syndergaard was how he could never imagine pitching anywhere else. And obviously if he hadn't been hurt the past two years, the Mets would have offered him a long-term deal. The Mets offered him a qualifying offer because he's pitched two innings in the last two years. He missed two full seasons from Tommy John surgery. He came back the last week of the last of 2021 just to pitch two games in which he pitched one inning in each one of those games, basically just to showcase that he was back and, you know, get on back on a major league mound after having not pitched on one in two years. And then after that, he said he could never imagine himself in another uniform. He was so grateful to the Mets for offering the qualifying offer. And then you walk for $2.5 million more, Noah. What? What are you doing? You should have just kept your mouth shut and no Mets fans would have been mad at you. You know, I. You know, hey man. But at the same time, more power to you. If you can get somebody to pay you almost twenty two million dollars for having not pitched in two years, and the last year you did pitch, you had an ERA over four, bro. What a world, man! I want your. I've it. <laughs> it
2: right. It's like, yeah, hey, I,
1: I get that aspect of it too. But you know, it's crazy and it's funny. As Noah Syndergaard's going to the Angels, the Mets have just hired the Angels GM to be their new GM. Billy Epler to a four-year deal. And, dude, Billy Epler's number one claim to fame is having orchestrated many non-playoff seasons for the Angels and wasting the prime of Mike Trout. Welcome to the Mets, Billy Epler. Let's see how it goes. And that leads me to something, Jay. I recently read an article stating that, that um, somebody said, you know, Billy Epler's claim to fame is – having orchestrated the Angels squad and wasting Mike Trout's prime. And in that article, he said Mike Trout was the greatest player of all time. I don't think Mike Trout's the greatest player of all time. He's a great, great player. But it got me thinking, in our lifetimes, who do you think is the best player you've ever seen?
2: Uh, I mean, for me, it's got to be Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, no no doubt. I mean, what that guy did – You know, I I know he gets a lot of flack for, you know, the steroids and all that nonsense. But to me, Barry Bonds, even before he was on the juice, like the numbers that he put up were amazing. Like to me, that's the guy I I kind of, you know, I know I I probably will get flack for it, but I don't care. because You're not going to get
1: flack for it, dude, because the funniest thing is I was going to say the same thing. I think the best player that we've seen in our lifetimes was Barry Bonds. And I'm not even going to go into the whole – That's a, it's a whole other show. It's a whole other conversation. I think Barry Bonds is also the biggest loser for having done steroids because he's the guy that didn't need to do it. You know, in the steroid era, I've talked about it before, there were certain guys that needed to do it just to compete because everybody else was doing it. Guys that were like fringe players that wouldn't have made the major leagues without doing it. Or, you know, guys that would have had to retire like a Mark McGuire had he not done it injuries he wasn't nearly the caliber of player of barry bonds so there's a whole other show we can get into barry bonds was already the best player in the world he didn't need to do steroids that's what makes it so heartbreaking that he did that's another show but what i will say is barry bonds on fucking steroids was the greatest player we have ever seen it was like a video game you remember that game when we were kids on nintendo baseball stars you remember that game? Yes. <laughs> and remember how, like, you could, like, get, like, power or, so, or money and you could, like, build a certain player to be, like, this elite unstoppable player? That, that was, was Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was, like, the ultimate powered-up player in that game, Baseball Stars. Dude, every pitch that was in the strike zone, he hit it like a pinball machine out of the, out of the park, into the water, McCovey Cove. And every other pitch was a ball. That was it. You either walked the guy or he hit a home run. And I've never – Seen anything before or since? Nor will we, dude. Barry Bonds had over 200 walks in a season, hit 340, and had 70 home runs. I mean, just crazy, crazy numbers. So, Jay, we're actually in agreement here. But you know what? The time has come. What were you going to say? What were well, you going to no, say? It,
2: because, it like I said, I, I I thought long and hard about it. But to me, like I said, there's no player that epitomized like just like to me, it's like he was Superman. That's I mean, what I'm talking about. Like, it was insane on steroids. I, I, I mean, yeah. you know, obviously, I loved Ken Griffey Jr. He's another guy that comes to mind, but I don't put him on that level.
1: Well, here's a, that. That's, what, that's kind of where I'm going. Like, Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr. naturally were some of the greatest players we've ever seen. But I'm, t- so I'm taking one player who's the best player I've ever seen in my right. life. It's the juiced up version of Barry Bonds, the steroid version of Barry Bonds. We've never seen anything like it. It's almost like it—it—it—it it, 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 it was made up. Like if you look at the numbers, you're like, "This is just this is a typo." That's how crazy it was. But anyway, bro, let's move on. The time has come. Anybody that's tuned into the show, I'm sure they were awaiting our special guest. Uh, he is backstage and he's ready to join the show. Um, please welcome to the show. He's a friend of the show. He's been on here before. He's been a guest on Sports and Metal before. He is the Aussie of the Philadelphia area. He is the ultimate Ozzy, besides Ozzy himself. Please welcome to the show, let me see your fucking cigarette lighters. Go crazy for me, Mr. Steven Desco.
0: Can you hear me?
1: I What's hear what? you now, Steven.
0: What's going on? <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, man. On, man. I'm awesome. I, I think I'm doing better than bay Malmsteen is, right? I heard he sold 200 at a 1,200 seater. Oops. Really, I didn't hear that. At oh. the Kev- that's what Kevin Harlan tells me.
1: Oh, Kevin God. Harlan live. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Ingway's always had like a way of like pissing people off. You know, but he's got a big ego, so maybe people just got fed up with it. <laughs> I, I like he put out in all these articles
0: how he um none of his singers were really any good, and he you know he don't need anybody but himself. It's like, dude, you had Joe Lynn Turner and Jeff Scott Soto and. And that other guy on the other record, if I remembered his name, but they, he had some pretty freaking decent singers. Didn't he have a like, Graham Bonnet sang for him? I was like, Really, dude? <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. He, didn't have, he didn't have bad singers. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, th- dude, speaking of 1200 Seaters, I know you got some announcements here for us tonight. You got some up- <laughs> upcoming shows. What's going on? Tell us.
0: Okay, thank you so much for the uh, thing. I'm on my back porch because. I'm in media and I'm at the bottom of a fucking hill. And you know, Comcast says speeds may vary. Well, it's very slow on my fucking end of the woods. So,
1: <laughs> it's all so good. It, actually, it actually looks like a little um, you got like a little um, like a little silhouette going on here. The way the- yeah, this is, yeah, this is cool.
0: This is my, I have a laptop with my phone. I'm using my phone, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> I was You're trying to look for an email him, but he sent me the link twice. I'm like, I'm sorry, I suck at computer fellas, by the way. But <laughs> long long to me. anyway, I'm in Pottstown at a place called the um, Red—I'm sorry, the Red Horse Motoring Club, and it's—it's it's basically uh, it's almost a car museum and lounge in Manhattan. It's really fucking awesome. It's a private club. We're, it's in the middle of Post Temple. We're playing on Thanksgiving Eve. We have Sanctuary, who's not the maiden band from North Jersey, but a 90s band from uh, North Jersey. We're playing on Thanksgiving. Boy, I just heard myself.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had That's all right. Keep going.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, so anyway, um, Sanctuary is open up for the hour of Soundgarden, and then we're gonna go two hours of old ass like Volume 4, etc., Black Sabbath, uh, with Just Sabbath. And at that show, I'm giving away a pair of tickets to see The Land of Oz on February 5th in Vineland, New Jersey, which I'm very excited about, the Landis Theater. Also at the Landis is my friend Ira from Loungefly and STP, and I'm going to uh, make a little giveaway at that show, too, and hang out with my friends. They got uh, an STP... Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters show. Yep. I'm not sure of the name. I know Lounge Flies is the one. Why do I look bald? <laughs> <laughs> I got hair God. in real life, but then like in pictures, I look. I'm looking like Klaus Miner. I'm like rocking it like a fucking hurricane here. Uh, <laughs> Are you ready for me? <laughs> I need better lighting. Chris Christie's at work. I don't have my makeup girl. I have <laughs> to fend for myself. But um, in any girl. case. Yeah, Pottstown's fucking awesome. And like I said, it's it's a uh, Red Horse Motoring Club. Bruce Gill's going to be doing sound, my friend Bruce. I don't know if you know Bruce, but he's awesome. He used to do like Lime and Bean Riot and shit like that. Very, very good sound, man. And uh, it's a $20 admission, but it's like uh, watching uh, Black Sabbath at a car museum. So it should be pretty fucking awesome. That's and awesome. I guess I've, we're giving away the Land of Oz tickets. Also, I don't want to leave out Ultimate Live Evil. With Cooper Boyd and Rick Haas, but we are um, playing on February nineteenth, I believe, at Tom and Jerry's with the White Snake. Bob Chavez will be bringing out his White Snake band, and uh, <laughs> and we'll be doing that there. So we got the, a lot of stuff coming up. So just like Just Sabbath, like the Land of Oz, and and I'll be at the STP show. Uh, Jason, you going to that one? The Lounge Bud, Jordan
2: and I'll both. Be I'm going to be at that show as well.
1: Yep,
0: killer. I'll be on stage, uh, giving away tickets. Maybe you you, you guys could win tickets.
2: I would
1: love it. We <laughs> yeah. We'll be there either way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool.
0: No, I appreciate the time. So, um, we're I posted some funny stuff. So my girl's like like the the uh I hate my hair, dude. So I'm sorry, man. I'm having I got the. There we go. Yeah, right. You're having I some fixed hair days. It. <laughs> I get this giant spotlight above me. I'll turn this fucking light out. Hold on. I'll turn it out. That's
2: awesome, dude. <laughs> Gotta love Steve. How dark is this? Hold on. Now it's a blackout. All right. There you are. Oh, that's
0: <laughs> fucking way better. All right. Look
2: here. The devil. Dude, you look like you're filming a, a video for Ozzy. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hold on. Let me. Yeah, this will help. There we go. Okay. There we go. Anyway, so how would that chick that like pissed in that guy's mouth on stage? That oh, uh, I we're gonna
1: get into that. Ah, oh. against chick, dude. dude, dude, dude. What is going on? we
0: listen. If I did that, which even less people want to see than that girl, um, or like like zero instead of like maybe two dudes like that shit. I mean, someone likes that all kinds of shit, but that's a little bit like. So, thanks. But we're all talking about it. Now we all know the band. You know? I was
1: so. going to say, dude, it was like, it was the best publicity ever because I went and actually started checking out their music. Now, let me ask you, Stephen, were you familiar with them at all before this?
0: Not a word. I heard the chick singing War Pigs the other day
1: and some Tool, and she's dude, freaking awesome. Dude, they did Tool Stink Fist. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Dude, I watched yeah. the video and I, they have three albums out. I had no idea. Basically, they're a brass band, it's all horns. You know, right. they, have, they obviously have a guitar player, a bass player, so there's that m- rock and metal, you know, backbone to the music. Right. But all, all it's all complemented with trumpets, trombones, saxophones. It's amazing. I, love, I think they're great. Yeah, I, they I, do I, a lot of Rage Against the Machine <laughs> songs. They do some Deftones. Yeah. I'm impressed. What's, that yeah, video, I mean, that? that was some piss. How much did you <laughs> <people> drink? <laughs> <How much laughs> drink? I can't believe that.
0: I was pissing myself. I was like, damn, dude. That's something else. Oh, Also, it's going to be Matt Stanley month almost, I swear to God. On January 22nd, while I have this thought, the L- Void Theater is going to be hosting Van Halen Nation, right? And then okay. like a week later, February 5th, he's over at the uh, at the uh, fucking Landis with the Land of Oz. So we can make it a Matt Stanley doubleheader a week apart. You know, are you going to have us in doing an album review thing, fellas? Is this behind the curtain?
2: Yeah, we talked about it. We're bringing it back to gavel. We haven't done the gavel in a long time, and we're going to have it like a kind of a a panel of of people, including you, Matt Stanley, Mark Moore, and we're going to kind of battle some albums out some Ozzy and some Van Halen.
1: Yeah, that's gotcha. we've been wanting to do that for a while. For those out there that aren't familiar, we have another podcast called End the Gavel Will Rock. We haven't had any episodes out in quite a while, but you know, we'll get one out soon, guys. And you gotta check that show out. It's basically like a courtroom battle where we debate all things rock and metal. You know, huh. so we could do we could do um Ozzy Sabbath versus Dio Sabbath. We could do Sammy Hagar Van Halen versus David Lee Roth Van Halen. It's all on the table.
0: <laughs> oh, my- Mark, Mark and uh Matt would love talking about Van Hagar. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. We <laughs> actually had Matt on, Gavel.
0: And it's not their Van bag, Van baby. <laughs> they make their living in Dave, in David Lee Rothville. Yeah, well, I know.
2: <laughs> well we had we had Matt on prior and we did uh uh we did Blizzard of Oz versus Van Halen, uh Van Halen one, right?
0: Yep. Since wow. in both. Yeah, we did that one. Did he cut his baby in half? How did How did King Solomon handle that?
2: Well, Aaron and, Aaron and Matt picked Van Halen 1, which obviously I, if I'm really being honest, it's probably the better album, but I picked uh, Blizzard of Oz because that's just my personal favorite.
0: I like Blizzard better, but I, I mean, I like fucking Diver Down, So Who the fuck am I? Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... I like credible I, mean, I like honestly, Van Halen is excellent. I mean but you know before nineteen eighty-four. Nineteen eighty-four, eh, some shark jumping going on there, you know. Ah, I love nineteen eighty-four,
1: man. Think about it. Some of the some of the best songs are the songs we don't think about, like House of Pain, Girl Gone ta- Jimmy's
0: Top ta- Jimmy's fucking awesome.
1: Phenomenal. Drop Dead Legs is phenomenal. Okay.
0: But jump is like what wow, Zoic Scoob, like wow. I still love
1: <laughs> it, but yeah, it's a pop song. But dude, what about House of Pain and Girl Gone Bad? Dude, those two songs could be on the first Van Halen record.
0: Think It'd about probably it. Were, they're probably leftovers.
1: I love, <laughs> it probably I, were. A lot of Van Halen's catalog is even um different kind of truth. Half those songs date back to the mid seventies.
0: I I love this yeah. Van Halen's great, man. Uh, I was a shame that a guy uh, died. Um he, he uh it's Van Halen's like strange like People like either really dig them or like kind of they just don't like it at all. It's very. It's a couple people are like, oh, I don't like that shit." Like, like Kiss fans. Uh, it, if Kiss has like the best fans in the world, but I mean, without makeup, they're like kind of like fog hat, right? But uh, <laughs> anyway, well, not... but... me and Jay are blow your mind. So, they, they're the best businessmen in the world too. are definitely Gene the best 70.
1: businessmen.
0: Me and Jay Kiss are gonna blow your things. minds. Kiss Coffin, I, you know, it doubles as a beer cooler. It's $3,000 and you can get buried in it. That's pretty much the best. You can't beat
1: that. Wait, time out. Steven, you just hit six degrees of separation. So, time bag Daryl is buried yes. in a Kiss casket with no. Eddie Van Halen's guitar from Van Halen, too.
0: Holy shit. I, just I was not aware that of that. that. We're, rock, we're rock and roll. We're baconing. We're Kevin baconing there.
1: <laughs> no, but dude, you want to hear something crazy? Me and Jay actually prefer Kiss with no makeup. Our favorite Kiss album is Revenge. Uh, yeah, like I said, Kiss is freaking
0: decent. I think they just got, like, I mean, when I was five, like, they were awesome. They were on TV, Breathing Fire, and they had cartoons like, like Scooby-Doo, like, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, they're okay. It's cool. I I, I don't get into, like, and speaking of Kiss, I was on uh, Damian Monte Carlo's show. You know his, like, show that with... um. Tasty cakes and whatever getting baked—that was their fuck's called. Okay. We all did. We rated all the. I me and Kevin Mercer went on Damon Monte Carlo's show, and we rated all the. And Albert Lepore and we did all the, all the, albums, of Ozzy, uh, rated in order. All the Ozzy I saw it. That was fucking funny shit. That was a great show. By the way, I don't know if you guys cross promote like that. Yeah, all the time. Love, I'm crossing streams. Man, I'm I'm crossing the streets. I'd like give away tickets for my one show at my other show, but like fuck it, man. I got all different bands. I gotta keep I gotta keep a bunch of people fed, you know what I mean? <laughs> Please buy tickets to Pots Town. Starting- we,
2: we all eat from the same table, Steve. That's the way you gotta look at it. We're all oh, a team. I've-
0: I know. I love all the cover bands too, because I see some stuff like it's not gonna be like in in a Dirk Diggler movie where we're gonna have like a rumble. Like I know all these people, so you see these post golf. It's like this one guy starts this post. He goes, "Ohio needs Ozzy bands," and it turned to like a forum of like "Bark at the Moon," "Land of Oz." It was like whatever, dude. Like everyone's good, everyone's decent, everyone does a good job. Competition, competition makes us all stronger, right? But it's so funny. It's like. I mean I hired the kid from Bark at the Moon in his cult band and he's a good singer and he's a fun guy. It was it's funny that people were posting videos of, of the bands and saying, hire this band, hire this band. So message messaged a guy and he's like yeah, I'm looking for something for next year. He's not even fucking... He's, like, kicking tires. It's so fucking funny, man. But it was cool. People were big fans of uh, either. And I guess you could like both, but it's, like, your friend in the band, you know? I like that guy. It's it's pretty fucking funny, though. They're yeah. going back and forth on this thread. But, like, you know, I, I like everybody in the, in the biz. Fuck it, man. It's like someone else who likes the same bands you do and you're doing the same product. It's like i saw the singer from the other dio band in the bar it's like i knew that guy for like 20 years what am i gonna like not like him because he's singing dio too it's like whatever <laughs> it's funny this business is funny it's a small world we all know everybody and it's all like we're all like you know it's 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 pretty family though i think it's pretty bit, a, a pretty good community we have in this little music scene here yeah i, agree. I,
2: but, I got it what's I that to- i'm sorry well, no, I I want to get Aaron out to see a live Evil show because that you, I mean you guys do another phenomenal job. Like, obviously, oh. my heart is always going to be with the Land of Oz because that was the first time I saw you guys. But like that, you know, Ultimate Live Evils No Slaps band. I mean, you guys put on phenomenal. Like, obviously, like I said, you are one of the best cover. Well, I don't want to call it cover because you're not. You're one of the best tribute acts that I've ever seen. I mean, and watching. Oh, Watching the Land of Oz, watching Ultimate Live Evil, watching Lounge Fly, watching these bands perform is like, to me, and Aaron will agree with me, like watching bands in their prime performing the shows. It, it's absolutely awesome.
0: But, it is fun. I so tell you, yeah, Lounge you
2: Fly. come out now and perform Gosh. the way that he did 20 years ago, but yet you guys perform like I like it was back, you know, at the No More Tears era. I mean, that, that's oh, how, thank how great you. you guys are. And that, I just love it. Can't wait to that, see another show. Definitely want to see you at the Landis. I, I know. Landis,
0: great. Great. Their video screen's bad. Shit. I want to thank Kathy for booking us and taking a shot. Um, I, I want to tell the people from New Jersey and Pennsylvania, we managed to sell over 800 tickets in Buffalo, and, and, and that place only holds 750. So, can we beat Buffalo, please, and sell this bitch out? Because we sold over eight hundred, not to get the competitive juices flowing. And I have four guys from New Jersey, so you know someone went to high school with somebody. And we need to, everyone to come out for Landis. Let's all let's make this happen. Let's start off with selling out the Pearl Jam, STP, Loungefly show. I wish I knew the other names of those bands. Do you have that handy or no?
1: Um, I, yeah, I do. Up. I just got to pull it up, actually. All
0: right i'm in the, i'm in the dark on a port so I don't look bald
2: <laughs> <laughs> while he's yeah. looking that Too up, <laughs> Steve while he's looking that up what, what, yes what, i know you had uh you had the uh you wanted to give away some tickets so what, what is your yes. what would you like to do like is there a question that we can ask the audience or how uh yes let's
0: let's say um want to run this
1: hmm why don't we do a trivia question and, so, and the they can answer in my message?
0: They can answer in my uh on one of my Facebook Messenger Just Sabbath or Land of Oz. Because I'm giving away Land of Oz in Pottstown so for the Pennsylvania people for Thanksgiving Eve. And then Landis Theater at uh, in uh, Vineland, New Jersey, and that's for uh, February fifth. So uh I guess what I'll do we could throw a question, in, and then the first person that gets in with the right answer, I'll, I'll announce it, and you guys, I'll, I'll shoot you the name, you can announce it next week on on, uh, on your show, and I'll post it uh, at that time next week.
1: Yeah, that okay. sounds good, so put it actually, to actually, Or actually,
0: I have to do better than that, I have to post it on my Facebook, because the show is next Thursday, or ne- uh, next,
1: yeah, Thursday, so... Are you running yeah, that or... Eve. It's Wednesday. The show's Wednesday. Oh yeah, it's, it's even Wednesday. Damn, I suck at fucking math and yeah, counting. Town show. It's uh just Sabbath, and it's uh going to be Thanksgiving Eve. That's the show. Yes. And Steven's going to it. Yep. Yes. So let's do a trivia question. All right, Soundgarden
0: and 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 uh, and Black Sabbath night. Three yep. hours of music. Yep. It's awesome, and you're basically drinking in a. Uh, Either a Manhattan Lounge slash car museums. It's fucking beautiful in there. Honest, honestly, it's uh, you got 1929 Harley in there or something. Something crazy like that. they are really got some cool shit. But anyway,
2: so <laughs> what trivia, trivia, trivia question like do it? you want
0: to throw at him? I, I, no. I, go for it.
2: Aaron, ask a trivia question.
1: All right, so let's think of a good one. Okay. What was the last Black Sabbath album? To feature Bill Ward on the drums. Ooh, now
0: the answer to this—well, don't now, tell him. Don't tell him. Wait, wait. I'm gonna just do a little teaser here. Some people say that that he was not on the album before that. <laughs> if you follow me,
1: do mm-hmm.
0: you ever hear I, that? I,
1: I totally follow you. Well, let's talk about album credits.
0: <laughs> oh, album credits! Absolutely, we'll go with that. So yes, we, we can go that direction. But have you heard that Bigfoot rumor too?
1: Yes, I have. <laughs> so, I don't. I agree because it mind fucks. Because it, I, I don't know. Well, that's, yeah. like, that's like Bon Jovi. I mean, all you hear is that Hugh McDonald played the bass all those years, not Alec John Such. <laughs> hmm. I no. heard.
0: I heard Michael Anthony. Didn't really play a lot of the bass. Eddie Van Halen fucking that's played the bass. That's a big a
1: controversial bass. statement. I mean, no, that's I mean, a, just a rumor. I, no, I it was, I, it was, and and, it's, and Sammy Hagar even addressed it. He was like pissed off that Eddie ever right. ever said it. Yeah, no, it's it's a legit rumor.
0: That it's reminds me of this Beatles stuff because because Paul McCartney would play drums on like back in the USSR or some shit. Yeah, I got this great joke that I can't probably tell in for like in ten years, but I'll tell now. So what's the difference between Yasser Arafat and Ringo Starr? Tell me. Yes, or Arafat could play drums.
1: Oh <laughs> now back to, back to my trivia question. I just want to clarify this. Yes. This could be a trick question. This little word what, what is the last Sabbath album that he played drums on? Because I'm just saying he may have been out of the band and he may have been back in the band. That's all I'm going to say. Well, That's my cue. And, That's and, my and he's going to, to send me the freaking answer because, you know,
0: I, I look like Ozzy, but I'm not him. I think I might have to rehearse.
1: I might have to give here. <laughs> it <again>. And let's, <laughs> lay it,
2: let's lay it out there for the audience. So, Aaron, the trivia question once again is what?
1: The trivia question is what is the last Black Sabbath album and, and I'm not. Oh, and I should clarify, this doesn't include the 2008 or whatever it was, 1998 live I mean.
0: recording bullshit, right? Just the, studios, let's, studio.
1: Let's have, album. Stu- not the live. Yeah, this is the studio right. albums. Right. What is the last Black Sabbath album that featured Bill Ward on the drums?
2: OK, so audience, the first person that answers that question to Steve's. Uh, Messenger. Just
0: Sabbath Messenger. Or they could message
1: us right now on the show.
0: Oh, yeah, that's on the show. Whatever. I don't care. Whoever goes in first. Whoever, um,
2: it
1: first. whoever answers it
0: first.
2: Whoever answers the question first will get four free tickets, right? Two tickets to next week's show and two to the Landis, right? Is that we. You-
0: we could we could do that or ask another question for Land of Oz.
2: Why don't we ask another question for. Yeah, there you go. So, so let's, let's
0: give away one pair there this. and then we'll do Land of Oz for like, you know. The Land of Oz, folks.
1: Okay, so we'll do an Ozzy question. So the Sabbath question, what is the last Black Sabbath album, studio album to feature Bill Ward on the drums? That You get that. You're the first one to come up with that answer. You're going to win two tickets to Pottstown to see just Sabbath. Thanksgiving and Sanctuary. Eve. Thanksgiving Eve and Sanctuary, yes. which is an ultimate Soundgarden tribute. Thanksgiving yes. Eve. What's the name of the venue again, Stephen? It is the Red Horse Motoring Club. Red Horse Motoring Club. Yeah,
0: it's a private club. There's a parking lot there. I we think have we have Dan parking lot Church the, the Street. Do we have an answer?
1: We have the wrong answer. I'm sorry, Dan. Okay, I've seen Dan it. Green see would it. never say
0: die. That's not correct. He's very close. So
1: um,
0: I can't believe they put out "Never Say Die" after technical ecstasy. I always thought it was the other way around. <laughs>
1: Well, I you know what tech I could I no I disagree because technical technical ecstasy is definitely still more in that experimental vein of like where they were going with Sabbath bloody Sabbath and then sabotage it just got too experimental whereas I Never Say Die did. was almost like a return to just straight ahead heavy metal. You know, I, I tell
0: you what, I never heard Bill Ward more up tempo than I'll Never Say Die. Everything's kind of like upbeat and it's like it's not draggy at all. And I think yep. technical ecstasy is like yikes. If I'm mining for songs to play live, it's like. I think I could do "Dirty Woman" off of that because that song's cool as shit. But the rest of that album's a little... Oh, uh...
1: no, it's definitely. Get been... Junior's, Junior's eyes on that, or is that "Never Say Junior's Die"? His eyes is on "Never Say Die."
0: Yeah, I, I think I like "Never Say Die" a little bit better. Yeah, I a a, nice I like I
1: the, the hidden gem on Technical Ecstasy is um, the Bill Ward track. Um, it's all right where Bill Ward sings. Yeah. On that. <laughs> that's
0: funny. Yeah, it's let funny, the drummer stay.
1: We can. All right, let's do the uh, Aussie tri- trivia question. Do you want to yeah, do yeah. it, Steven, or do you want me to do it? Oh, you do it, man. I I smoke the joint, and I have the no question. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so let's come up with the Aussie trivia question. Okay, I got one. Let me think of it. He's a floating head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me think of it. Let's do the while you're thinking Okay, yes. I have it. Oh, oh, Dan Green is the winner. Oh, man, snap. Wow. Now, I don't know if Dan Dan Green or what, but we have a winner. We have Dan Green has won two tickets to see Just Sabbath. Nice job, bro. Thanksgiving Eve, Dan. Thank you, Dan, for chiming in. So the the last album to feature Bill Ward on the drums was Born Again. So Bill Ward was, was in the band. A lot of people don't realize... On the heaven and hell album dio took over the lead vocal duties but bill ward still gets credit as the drummer on that record but then on the mob rules album is when vinnie Apesy took over where you had yeah the and then it got- but then when when born again came out bill ward was back behind the kit a lot of people didn't realize that so that's it that's it bill ward that's the answer he was on born again it's the last South sabbath album the feature bill ward on the drums so we have a winner dan green um nice nice job, Dan Green. I love that record.
0: Very strangely produced. Very were, I heard Iommi was toy toying with the possibility of remastering that record, which I would like to hear, because that is a hanky production. Like I'm not Mr. Fucking, you know, Johnny Engineer, but that was
1: Hanky. Uh, if there was <laughs> yeah. ever an album that needed a remastering, yeah. it's it's one again. <laughs> it's like the opposite of "Love It
0: For Stings" mix, which is beautiful. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> it's like yep. "Love It For Stings" like perfectly digital mix. It was like early digital. It was clean as shit. I I have a theory. I'm gonna just throw out there. I'm gonna make up out of out of my ass. I always thought, wouldn't it be funny if the, if scorpions are actually just some dudes from LA sporting some Hogan's Heroes accent? <laughs> You never know. <laughs> it sounds like they're from LA. I don't know how they get so, you know. <laughs> I don't know. They sound a little American to me. I don't know. I think pony <laughs> accents, huh? Yeah. Right. 30 days in the cooler. Okay, right, what's your trivia question you there? Right? Come up with
1: The Aussie trivia question. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. I got one. Okay, let's hear it. I had it, but you got one now. Go. This is freaking probably dark how many
0: cats did ozzy murder on his first life in a drunken bender
1: Ooh, i read ozzy's book yeah i I don't remember the answer look look up the number because
0: i think i know the number i think my son had the same number on his football team which does not help anyone with the answer
1: Is that the question, or are we sticking with this? Do
0: you like that? But you can use one of yours. That's kind of a fucking dark ass question. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Let's try this Pita. one. You're gonna
2: have PETA coming after our. our show. I know.
0: Okay. All right, let's try I'll, this one. I'll withdraw that question as humor. Wink, wink. <laughs> we put away your pitchforks and torches.
1: <laughs> all right, let's try this one. Okay. Oh, okay. Mine's good. Who played bass and drums on the re-recorded versions of *Blizzard of Oz* and *Diary of a Madman*? wow! That's a
0: and, great, uh, great let yeah. me tell you, if, if you're if if you're trying to like play those songs and you accidentally fall across those copies, that's some fucking reverse engineering. It just didn't work out. Like you, all right. You know, how like Jim Morrison was in that song. It was like. You cannot petition the Lord with prayer. It's like you cannot put the fucking drums in and bass on top of the fucking front end tracks of the vocals and the guitars because it's fucking stupid. It's
1: backwards. I mean, it's like, honestly, I couldn't tell the difference. It was they did such a great job with it, but it was bad. Really? I, I, I but, but it was bad to me. It should have never garbage. happened. It's garbage, dude. It's garbage. No, you can I, fucking. It's feel garbage it. because it should have never happened. No, you can it feel happened. it.
0: You can hear it. And you're like, why is that weird? Because these are iconic sounds that that you you know, especially if you're in the if you're in the game, if you're in the Aussie game, and you beat this sh- because I listen to this stuff a lot, try to see if I can hear something new or just catch it better. So I beat myself to death with this shit. And when I come across that thing, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with my radio? Because it's just, it, it, it do, It is noticeably fucking backwards, dude.
1: Let, let's talk about why that happened. Because Bob Daisley, the, the the bass player who played on those original recordings, and Lee Kerslake, the original drummer. And probably,
0: probably wrote more of it than yeah. they talked about, really. Basically,
1: they were getting screwed by Sharon. So the story goes out of royalties and trying to file a lawsuit. So right. Sharon said, screw it. We, we don't, we don't it. have to pay you royalties. We just re-record it.
0: <laughs> hey, that, that was like New Coke. Yeah. Like, so that's really Who it's played like, the it.
1: bass and drums on the re-recorded versions of Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman? I one hated one, it so like, much. I don't even know this.
0: I hated it so much. I, I, I,
1: when you when I tell you you'll be like holy shit. But anybody can message us here and then or they could message Stephen and then if Stephen doesn't know the answer he can always message me. But what going to do the answer? <laughs>
0: Where are they going to? I think it was 17 cats that he killed. I think. I don't okay. know.
1: Well, I don't want to have I think because then it's not fair to the viewers. So let's give him a definitive one that they can win the tickets.
0: Where, yeah, and I want to look up how many cats he murdered because the 17 might be a lie. It seems like. Why did his <laughs> wife have 17 cats? I don't know.
1: But Steven, just, where but, should they message you the answer? Tell tell us again. Oh, that that is the land of
0: Oz. So just message the land of Oz. Or okay. you can message me personally, Stephen J. Desco, unless you know.
1: Yep. Or you can comment here on the show, or um, or message yeah. us at Sports and Metal. Marilyn Manson. What about Marilyn Manson? Yeah, yeah we were going to get to that. We were. Jay, Jay kind of jumped the gun a little bit here.
2: Well, we, we can talk about it.
1: it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. You keep you know, me in line. Wasn't he? Happened?
0: Wasn't he fucking the best friend in the Wonder Years? <laughs> yeah, that was always the rumor <laughs> I know I love it hey listen never let the truth get in the way of a good story fellas but go on what about Marilyn Manson
1: <laughs> I mean have you I mean obviously I'm sure anybody that hasn't been under a rock the last year has heard all the stuff about he's um raping his girlfriends cutting them he was locking them in like a secret room in his house in his apartment in Hollywood to punish them if they were banned uh, have you read the uh, recent Ro- uh, Rolling Stone piece that came out uh, who, who, what? Like, was it from
0: like which point of view? I guess the uh, the inductee, I guess, into the closet
1: bill or what? Well, no, they there was all it's these kind of
2: like a documentary article on on the situation, like yeah, the and there's way. all the victims,
1: all the victims. Like, there's like there's like twenty women that are like either making accusations or filing civil lawsuits against him, claiming physical and mental abuse. I mean, sick huh. shit, six shit, like saying that that he would cut like, them. R. Um, Kelly kind of stuff. Wake Uh, up, being raped. Wow. Um, uh, I I think I would
0: be have to come out against that kind of stuff. (laughs) What the fuck, man? But you look at the guy. You know, I bet you all their parents said, "Girls, what are you doing?" So if they listen to their mommies and daddies, and uh, you know, but I, I don't know, man. But I guess that's when persona. He probably felt he had to be a little wild. So maybe he just puts the envelope. Rick James used to like smoke crack and burn chicks with like, um, uh, fucking wire hangers and shit.
1: I know man. Some sick shit. Mommy
0: dearest, Mommy dearest shit. So, you know, I guess if you get a little, maybe he was a little jacked up on some stuff. He uh, probably ought not to be doing.
2: <laughs> I don't oh, know, man. man. Well, they talked about it. They, 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 if you haven't read the article, first and foremost, I, I, I suggest you really read it. It was a very good read. It wasn't, fun to read it was kind of crazy the stuff that's come out but right like, they kind of they kind of went back after they you know they obviously detail each uh, accuser's accuser stories but a lot of the stuff they went back in you know in in his history and they had people that like either wouldn't comment or huh. you know maybe commented but kind of off the record of stuff that you know kind of happened you know early on when he was you know coming up you know, before they even became Marilyn Manson, when it was actually Marilyn Manson. And oh the- yeah, the,
1: the article took a deep dive. I mean, it went into his earlier people but, that but knew it's him in those years.
2: Like all these stories are sh- extremely disturbing, but you hit you hit it on the head. Someone that was close to him said that he basically got to a point when he became Marilyn Manson that he actually became Marilyn Manson. Yeah, at some, some point, at some point,
1: the life and the art became. So- Right. At some point, the life and the art became blended.
2: Like, it's almost like it's like he, he like something happened in his head. He became that yeah. character. Yeah. And it, it's really scary. I mean, obviously, none of us condone, you know, rape or any of this kind of stuff. But the guy is like, obviously, there's some, there's definitely issues there. But I was just curious, you know, we were just curious of what your thoughts were on entertainers like, like him. You know, obviously, you know. Ozzy pushed the envelope quite a a few bit, but not to that extreme. No, this is just sick
1: shit, though. But here's my thing on, and I'm not victim-blaming because it's disgusting, but here's my thing, though. Like, Who goes into a relationship with Marilyn Manson thinking it's going to be fucking normal?
2: Well, I agree with you there. Who goes into a
1: relationship with Marilyn Manson thinking it's going to be fucking normal? What? That's
0: That's like who goes into a limo and hotel with Mike Tyson. It's like, eh. It sucks, but it's like... You have to make some better decision making on the front end, and you don't end up in the closet with Marilyn Manson I, tied I mean, to a But
2: well, one of his accusers, one of his accusers, Bianco, right? She, she goes on to say, "Before I was in, even in a relationship with him, he talked about raping me. I thought, I guess that's just how he rolls, and everyone is cool with it. So who am I to not laugh? Like, really?" Uh. Like, okay. if some guy said that to you, I mean, like, I don't know. Check, man. check, please. Hey, there's
0: red flags for a reason, dude. I mean, um, but like you start to like, you shouldn't believe your own bullshit, though, your own press clippings. And people are all, oh, he's this, he's that. I mean, it's kind of like the sell. So it's like, like people think I'm way cooler than I am. Like I've been offered cocaine like more in the last couple years and drinks. I don't even drive and drink for seven years. And I smoke a little weed and I I don't do drugs like, I, like fucking drug drugs, you know what I mean? Bathtub drugs. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you want to do some coke? No, I'm not the real Ozzy. I'm not that cool, but enjoy. Have fun. I'm not a life coach, but you, you know, you can't believe your own bullshit. Like, I have to go to work on Monday. Like, if I play a great show in front of a thousand people and they're all screaming, and I'm signing an autograph, which I don't even understand because I what not Ozzy on it. But I love my people. <laughs> not Ozzy. But, but I love my people and they get excited, but I still have to go back to work on Monday and, and do my regular job and, and be realistic. But I could see, I guess, if you have too many people saying yes to you and not enough people saying no to you, you could start fucking just believing your own bullshit. But, you know, luckily, luckily, I'm married and uh, my ego gets destroyed. So we're good. But, but, uh, but, but seriously, though, I mean, no one to keep you in line is, you know, sometimes you need to get, you can't get too full of yourself in the biz at, at my stupid level or that level. Like, don't, don't be believing all the shit you hear, you know? And
1: well, that's the know. thing with Marilyn Manson. I mean, it obviously created the character Marilyn Manson and you'd hit the nail on the head, Stephen. The money comes, the power comes, and everybody's doing whatever you want. And if you're like somebody that's like this guy, that maybe is a little bit weird to begin with, and you adopt right. you adopt this persona, and it's all there for you. It's like I said, the, the lines become blurred. But at some point, walking into this thing, you got to question it. They said his 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 apartment was painted all black. All the windows were blacked out, and he kept the thermostat perpetually at like sixty degrees, so it was like a refrigerator. Yeah. Like, Wow. It's fucking weird, weird shit, man, but that's all.
0: You know? Believe in his his own hype, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I'm that. Like, yay. All right. Good job, Mm -hmm. dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Bianca Esmer, whatever, she's from uh, Game of Thrones. She was uh, Roz, the prostitute.
2: She's just...
1: She should have stuck, Marilyn
0: Manson, not she, I'm reading she. <laughs> Marilyn should have stuck with the Wonder Years and it would have stayed out of all this trouble. <laughs> Paulie would have just hung out with uh, whatever the fucking other kids, Kevin, what's his name? <laughs> that joke yeah, would have been great if I remembered remember the other fucker's name. Yeah, Paul, wasn't the friend named Paul? Paulie, yeah, that, that was Marilyn Manson, Paulie.
1: Yeah. It's not real, but yeah, that
0: was I know. Cool. I love that rumor. That's one of I my know. favorite fucking rumors. I know. It does- I want to do a <laughs> show about rumors, dude. I want to be the guest. We could do Bigfoot and Loch Ness and all this shit. And we could do rumors and legends.
1: Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> huh? Fleetwood Mac? What about? My joke didn't land. Fleetwood Mac rumors? My joke didn't uh, land. I'm, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you won't talk about
0: that the record? <laughs> album.
1: <laughs> Who was banging who? Giggity? We can get into those rumors. Anyway, we got so dark. Let's live in it up. Let's end the show on a positive note. Steven, you're more than welcome to join us, but it's time for the picks of the week.
0: Yes, what are we picking?
1: Football game? What do you got,
2: got, Jay? you have your pick? you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Let's go. So my pick of the week. So last week, Obviously, I strayed away from this album because, you know, obviously we talked about a certain subject and I wanted to, you know, push an album that had ties to that subject. But so this week my Pick of the Week is actually last week's Pick of the Week, and it's Mastodon's brand new album. Now, I don't know if anybody's heard this album, but I've become a diehard Mastodon fan over the years. Um, Early on, I really didn't know much about them. But they're one of these bands that, like, have really grown on me. And this record, I got to be honest with you, it's one of the most mature records that they've done. I I don't necessarily think it's the best album they've ever done. I think that might be their first one, which is Leviathan. But I think this is right up there with their their best work. It's more dark than I'm used to with Mastodon, And a lot of the the material that they used, they wrote about uh, was – One of their uh, longtime managers passed away. And it kind of deals with a lot of like the depression and depression and uh, a lot of anxiety that the kind of the band members are going through. But the record is called Hushed and Grim. It actually just it just dropped two weeks ago. Phenomenal record. Check it out. It's on all the streaming platforms if you haven't got it. Aaron, I know I shared it with you. And it's one of those albums that I actually love to zone out to. Like if you want to just like throw an album on at night when you're ready to go to bed, it's it's heavy, but it's like a zone out type of type of style. Lot lot of you know, um, there's a song on there actually, uh, the Beast, which actually has kind of a country vibe in the beginning. Um, when it gets to the chorus, I, you swear that you hear Chris Cornell on. Both. I agree. Like honest to God, when I heard it, I was like, dude, is that Chris Cornell? Like reincarnated. <laughs> like honestly it really is that deep of, you know of us you know his the vocals but my favorite track on the record is actually um the uh, first track um, trying to pull it up here the name of it
1: pain, pain with an anchor
2: pain with an anchor um it's it, it's got like i don't it's hard to explain it's not like it's not it's not headbanging music per se although it does end with kind of a thrash uh riff but it's just one of those albums like just overall it's just every song is good on the album it all flows together and i love it that's my pick of the week
1: well guess what jay i have the same pick of the week as you i think (laughs) it's oh my god (laughs) i was also picking the 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 mastodon album huston grim dude i i checked it out Mm -hmm. on your recommendation and, dude, it's phenomenal. It's a double album. It's epic. It's about two hours long to listen to the whole thing. I mean, yeah. it is just epic, literally. I mean, I, I, it's, it's got elements of everything. There's elements of classic metal. Some of the tracks have, like, a priest sound to them. Some of them have a Metallica sound to them. Like you said, on The Beast, I agree with you 100%. Mid-song, I swear to God, it sounds like Soundgarden. It sounds like Chris Cornell. It reminds me of that Alice Cooper song that had uh, Chris Cornell on the vocal can't remember the name of that.
2: I was um, listening to that earlier. What's that? I was listening to it earlier. It's on the uh, uh, My Temptation album.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, Last Temptation. Yeah, great song. Uh, anyway, uh, you get uh, moot point. It, this, this Mastodon album is phenomenal. I mean, it's got elements of everything. It's an epic crux, record. And I agree. Crux. What's that?
2: The Crux, the second track. It has like that. Oh, epic it song. Gets, it becomes like Testament. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like... Testimony. Oh, I, yeah, I told
1: you that when I was listening to it the other day. Yes. As I'm saying, there's elements of everything. I mean, and I agree with Jay. It's a great driving record or, like, laying in bed zoning out to it. So that's a mine and Jay's pick of the week.
2: Mastodon, and Grimm. That's the first time that's ever happened, yeah. by the
1: way. Uh,
0: history. I, I could sneak in two TV ones if I could. Is that cool? You're good. All right. Did you see the newest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm?
1: No, I have not. I didn't.
0: Fantastic. Like, totally sick uh, off the chain. I don't want to ruin any of the plot lines. It's uh, the one episode dealt with uh, his uh, tenant, uh, one of the blacks. Uh, JB Smooth is the actor, you know what I'm talking about? Have you been watching Your Enthusiasm for the last uh, 20 I, years? or no?
1: I got to be honest, I never got into it. I'm <laughs>
0: Dude. Sorry. It was it was the episode about he was shy about eating watermelon in front of white people. And I was helping him break the habit of being shy about that. And it it was pretty fucking hilarious. And uh, I also saw I stumbled on a a series uh, on Hulu called Hit Monkey. And it's a cartoon. It's a snow monkey who becomes an assassin. And uh, he's accompanied by a ghost uh, who got murdered. And it's J- uh, Jason Sudeikis is the voice of the uh, murdered uh, assassin that is his partner. And it's fucking ridiculous. So Hit Monkey, it's a Marvel cartoon. <laughs> it's-, okay. it's awesome. And Jason well,
1: that- Sudeikis is awesome. Well, speaking so- of Hulu and Picks of the Week, it's not out yet. But you know what I saw today? It just dropped the trailer for the upcoming miniseries on Hulu, Pam and Tommy. Of uh, who? Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee. It looks sick. No shit. Yeah, it looks really good. Check that out. Documentary
2: or is it a show? No, it's a show. I
1: I, where you've been under a rock, Jay? They've been. This has been all in, dude. I forget the actor Stan Lee. I think the guy that plays Tommy. I mean, he's got the makeup. They made up the tattoos. Looks just like Tommy Lee. And I forget the girl's name who plays Pam. They made her look just like Pam. But dude, this has been like in the talks for the last years, and every time you open the paper, there's been like photos from like the set, like because they're the actors like in the makeup. But today wow. the, trailer was, the trailer was finally released today. You gotta check it out. Seth Rogen's in it. It's from I, the I feel like I've North seen Island. that
0: movie. Wasn't he driving the boat with his dick in that movie? Yeah, yeah
1: the <laughs> <Mormon> movie. <laughs> yep. exactly. yeah. The Seth-
0: We've seen this movie already. Why do we gotta
1: see this yeah. one? We well, it's about did we that. See on those about two. That. Yep. <laughs> we got it's a mini series. It's about the guys who robbed their house and stole that tape and then released it to the public. It's oh, that's good.
0: fantastic.
1: Oh, that's so when, cool. when you when you guys get off the show, go check out the trailer. Type in the trailer, Jay, on YouTube for Pam and Tommy. Your mind's gonna be I, fun.
0: that sounds it sounds
1: phenomenal. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So there I got two picks of the week. Yeah. <laughs> hit <laughs> hit
0: monkey and curb your enthusiasm. I guess I guess um you dudes have to watch twenty years of that, or ten years of *Curvy* enthusiasm to catch up this oh, year. No,
1: it's <laughs> the age of binge watching. I, that's one of those shows I would eventually get to. And like, dude, you know how many shows I binge watched? Like when they were like done, like yeah. of the Dude, so many shows. Like after the fact, I'm I'm doing *Bosch* right now on Prime. That's I'm like watching seven seasons.
0: I'm watching *Penny Dreadful's *City of Angels* right now, and I know that's like fucking. Probably five years old, but See? that's fantastic. Penny, Penny? dreadful series is pretty good, man. Yeah,
1: off the you know, talk about the horror series. I know series? that one. I never watched it, but I know it. Yeah,
0: dude, it's decent, man. Um, you you know, if you got you know better than a romantic comedies, you you drag it like at least. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sick of watching baking shows with my girls. So at least I could watch some people get killed
1: there
0: you go. <laughs> in horror movies.
1: <laughs> anyway, guys, we're out of time. We went a little bit over tonight. But it's been a great show, Stephen. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Tell everybody one last time where these shows are, where and when. Okay. Next
0: week, Thanksgiving Eve, Pottstown, Just Sabbath, and Sanctuary, Soundgarden and Black Sabbath in the biggest drinking night of the year. So get an Uber and drink up. And... Um, the next, we're giving away tickets for February 5th, Land of Oz at the Land of Stater and Violin. And these two fellows will be there. And uh, we'll give them backstage access. And you'll get to see us, uh, you know, look at our it- itinerary. And <laughs> it's like so not a party night there. It's funny. Oh, yeah. and, um, and also, the number three show, and this, I have no tickets for this, but it's February 19th, Tom and Jerry's Ultimate Live Evil with Slip of the Tongue, Bob Travis and his White Snake. Band mm-hmm. and um, I always love doing a comma there. Um, so anyway, we'll see you in Pottstown next week and we'll see you guys soon. And then STP at their show at on what the fuck's the date on that January 22nd?
1: Uh, I had it, I had it pulled up.
0: I think
1: it's the 22nd, right? That oh, I lost it now. Hold on, hold on. That one is gonna be no January 7th. At the January Landis 7th, I'll be, be there. Give it. You were asking me this before, Stephen. It's the Foo Fighters tribute, Best of Foo, the Pearl Jam tribute, Betters, and then the, the ultimate Stone Temple Pilots tribute, Lounge Fly. That's going to be okay. January 7th at the Landis. But, dude, okay. let's let's hit on this trivia question okay. before we lose our audience. Do we got one? Yeah, we the one we had. So it's for February 5th at the Landis Theater for Land of Oz. If yes. you answer this trivia question, you could message us at Sports and Metal. You can message Stephen. But the trivia question is, who played the bass and the drum parts on the re recorded versions of Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman? First person to answer this question is going to win two free tickets to see the ultimate Ozzy tribute band with our man Steven Desko on vocals yes. and the young prodigy Matt Stanley on lead guitar. That's February 5th at the Landis Theater in Vineland, New Jersey. And Yikes! We froze!
2: coming back <laughs> we came back i guess he's not coming back i'm back anyway yeah. <laughs> congrats to dan green for winning the other tickets to next wednesday's show and where is the show steve it's in
0: Pottstown
2: at the red horse motoring club and as always steve it was a pleasure having you on
0: we love you all.
2: We greatly love you appreciate guys. it. Thank and you. Don't forget to check out all our social media, our website at Sports and Metal. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, NIG at Sports and Metal. Follow all, all our content, like us, share. And as always, as we say on this show, and I'll take us out, rock on. And Steve, you're going to say, peace out. Rock on. Peace out.
1: And that's our show. Tune in next time for more Sports and Metal. With Jason Voorhees and Aaron Savage. Woo, Got something to say? Hit us up at Sports and Metal 0423 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at Sports and Metal.